Southie, Bolt, and then Williamson. The stars of the show yesterday for New Zealand. England all out for 58. 58. In reply, Black Caps 175 for three. Play to resume this afternoon from two o'clock. Our coverage, of course, with Razine. Keep your paintwork cooler with Razine Cool Colour Paint. Radio Sport Breakfast. Kent, Nathan and Mark. Radio Sport. Former New Zealand Gloveman and member of the Radio Sport commentary team, of course, is Pete McGlashan, who we bumped into for about, what, 30 seconds yesterday because Pete had to rush back to call the second session, which yeah. had to start early because we had to do our bit early because England got bowled out for 58. Morning, Pete. Good morning, lads. And true, you couldn't really muck around, judging by the way that the day was going. I mean, like you didn't know whether that whether New Zealand were also going to lose wickets so fast and that. But talk us through it, Pete. The the footwork of the English batsmen, why did it disappear? And I, you can correct me here, because I was thinking to myself, I'm wondering if they're just not picking the ball up and that's why, why their feet aren't moving. It, it didn't seem like they had a great deal of movement. But tell me, the, tell me what properly happened out there. Yeah, you know, I think it might have had a little bit to do with that. I mean, cricketers developed their game after facing thousands and thousands of deliveries over, you know, ever since you're a kid, you're facing a red ball or uh, later on in your career, you're facing a white ball. But, you know, the, the pink ball is quite different. And, you know, some people pick up colours and, and moving objects quicker than others. And it just looked like the English were tentative and that allowed Bolt and Southie to almost bowl wherever they want. It's a bit like the days with Shane Warne because batsmen were, terrified of what Shane Warne could do. He could almost bowl anywhere on the pitch and they'd play really cautiously. And yesterday, the New Zealand bowlers were just so on top that um, English were like rabbits in headlights. I mean, Overton, 33 not out, the standout batsman, and it's hardly like he's picked up a century, but did he do anything differently that the, the top-order batsman did not do? He just threw caution to the wind. He sort of um, slogged a couple off the front foot. And, you know, they, they couldn't have all done that. But it looked like Ben Stokes was kind of wanting to. He took a couple of steps down the wicket to Trent Bolt. And it looked like, oh, here we go. He's going to fight fire with fire and be proactive. Um, but then Trent Bolt did a great job of <laughs> allegedly be proactive. Yeah, allegedly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I was going to make a comment about taking the flight to them, but I shouldn't, should I? That's what I was doing, but that's okay. You can do that. I can do it and you can't, you know what I mean? Then you don't get in trouble and you have to hang around and we're good. Sorry about that. I disturbed your flow. Carry on. No, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, the, the New Zealand bowlers were fortunate that they, England allowed them to bolt them. And I think that was sort of what New Zealanders did really, really well is that by being really proactive, getting well forward when we batted or well back in the crease, it actually made the area really small that the English had to work with. And um, I think we reaped the rewards later in the day. I um, wondered too, uh, do you think the temptation was ever there to to give Wagner a go? Because Wagner was doing all the warm-ups. I even saw Colin de Gronholm doing the, look, I'm stretching my hamstrings. I could bowl because we did start to wonder where we were sitting like, oh, I wonder if Southie's starting to run out of legs a little bit here. You know, when, when England were, maybe, I think they picked off a couple of boundaries there. It was a typical thing, Pete. We were all sitting in the crowd. Oh, I think he's been them bowling them too nothing. long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, want no, we want no more runs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was uh, Southie and Bolt had bowled about five overs, maybe six overs each. And you just got the feeling, as you said, that Bolt started to bowl a few loose balls. See how they started to bowl loose balls. And you almost get the feeling, oh, well, it's time to give Wags a go, give someone else a go to freshen them up. But then they got Bearstow out. See how they got the court and bowled in the 12th over. And fresh meat. Wokes came to the crease. And you got the feeling, oh, Bolt, he might try one more over. And it's so often the case that 
you know, someone will toil away and then you get a breakthrough and a new batsman will walk out and that, that fast bowler who's been complaining about a sore back or whatever will sort of say to the captain, oh, just one more, see what happens. And sure enough, over the course of three or four balls, Bolt was able to set Wokes up and the steamroller continued. Were you expecting more wickets last night to fall? Uh, I thought that was always a risk. I thought, um, you know, I think we mentioned in the commentary a few times, it's crucial that Latham and Williamson get them through to that sort of twilight zone, that time where we're not sure what will happen. And they did a great job of that. That partnership, even though it was a bit slow and not much happened um, uh, leading up to that tea break, at least it meant two batsmen who were established and were used to the conditions were able to start fresh. Unfortunately, Latham didn't kick on. Um, but then Taylor and Williamson were also able to just bat long enough that it didn't expose the middle to lower order um, during a difficult time. And yeah, Williamson was exceptional, led from the front. And as much as yesterday was about Bolt's history and, and Williamson setting it up, you know, f- fingers crossed Williamson can um, can get that 1800 and, and move past Martin Crowe and you know, become the greatest um, test century maker that New Zealand's ever had today. Peter McGlashan with us on Radio Sports 714. How does Williamson play the game from here, Pete, when you look at the forecast and think they will lose some play, certainly for day the two and possibly even, tonight, in, probably. even into day three? How does yeah. he play it? Well, the game is so advanced that um, he doesn't have to rush. Yeah, there's no, there's no um, scoreboard pressure or, or time pressure to do anything rash. He can just take his time there. The great thing about an afternoon game um, is that, uh, you know, in theory, the condition should be a bit better. If it is going to be a dry day, then um, everything would have dried up. Sometimes if you have a, you know, 10.30, 11 o'clock start in the mornings, it's still a bit dewy, the body's still a bit rusty. But with an afternoon start, you know, he will have done lots of prep. He would have, he would have had a couple of hundred throwdowns probably by the time that first ball is bowled. So he will have had a chance to run through in his head what these nine runs look like. Um, and then once he gets that, he has the chance to really go on and get a big score. And he's got a history of doing that in first-class cricket and schoolboy cricket and junior cricket. He just got hundreds for fun. So he knows how to do it. And then we'll just have to wait and see what the weather lets us do. Um, there's no pressure really with such a big lead on the first day. I think it must almost be unprecedented to have such a big lead on the first day. That means that we can bat all day today and tomorrow and still have two days to bowl them out. Awesome. And that is absolutely awesome. Um, just what did, what did you make of just the, the atmosphere of of how people were? I mean, obviously everyone's on a bit of a high because of um, the wickets that fell early. But I, I'm going to say I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the um, the things out the back was, uh, what do you call it, the, the food garden. I thought that was a pretty cool initiative. What did you feel about the initiative of that compared to other tests you've been to? Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, I was slightly, um, I had to take a step back when I got down there to the number of options. Uh, it would have taken me in an hour or so to work out all the different food stores. There was Argentinian food and Greek food and Mexican and curries. And yeah. I ended up going for the double double fried Dutch fries with Dutch mayo. Oh, how good are they? Daniel, yes. Daniel come, McCarty was oh, all over those. Yeah, they come in like, if you don't know what we're talking about, folks, they come in this little cone, a uh, little thing, and there's like a little bit at the top where you can dip your sauce in it, and there's a little wooden fork to uh, eat your chips with. It's, it was just a variety yeah, of sauces. very European eating fries with mayo, didn't it? Yeah, so, it did. So it a little bit special. But, but um, yeah, there was a great atmosphere. I was a little bit surprised that they said there was only 10,000 people there. It seemed like more. That, um, yeah, and, and but I guess the atmosphere that the Barmy Army bring, I mean, they were still singing at sort of quarter to nine last night. So they, despite how badly their team had been going, they really added to the atmosphere. If we were playing against 
Pakistan or, or uh, West Indies, it wouldn't have you know, had that same vibrancy, I think. So hopefully the weather you know, means that the next couple of days are pretty busy because it, it is a really important spectacle for New Zealand cricket. Um, you know, I've taken Monday off work, but I, I well, might You're hoping it goes five days, days Peter McGlashan, so you can try all of that different food. Yeah. Oh, the food was amazing. I mean, the, the food up in the commentary box wasn't great, so we ended up venturing <laughs> out a few times. But, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a wonderful experience. So lots of new things, um, you know, even just the commentators, you know, going down for dinner instead of going down for lunch and um, yeah, just lots of new experiences. And hopefully the spectators um, enjoy that as well, a chance to pop in and see the barber and pack up on the beanbags. And I was going to ask, did you, see the, did you see the barbers? It was the, the greatest barbers. thing ever. You get to look over Eden Park as the cricket's happening while the, the guys from Barkers just, just get your hair cut. It was so cool. Yeah, I mean, if only I'd known, I would have um, saved my pennies. Wads didn't pop down there for a haircut, but... <laughs> yeah, give me one of these high-top fades. Oh, I don't think uh, they were way too busy to even yeah. allow Wads to...